You didn't listen to J. Cole? No. You didn't I listen did. to Jermaine Cole? You didn't miss you didn't listen to North Carolina's finest? You didn't listen to two six? You didn't listen to the man who put the bill on the map? You didn't listen to the man who riding for North Carolina hip hop? You saying you didn't listen to J. Cole? I did not. And unfortunately, sorry to break your heart. I think J. Cole's a little overrated. Oh, that's bullshit. Blasphemy. But bullshit. I mean we can Blasphemy. open up we can open up we can open up the show with this. Let's go. <laughs> What up, what up, what up? Welcome into another episode. Jason Spells in New York City, Brandon Adler in Los Angeles. This is what you heard. I heard you blaspheme, and we're gonna get on it though. We we gonna <laughs> we gonna talk about uh the new J. Cole album dropped over the weekend. We're gonna discuss the offseason and um just the disrespect I'm feeling for you right now. But we're gonna start in the National Basketball Association because this is actually a pretty cool day. We're taping in between the end of the season and the start of the play-in tournament. And a lot of players, LeBron, Luca, uh, a lot of players are talking shit about it, right? Because they're used to basically taking off at the end of the season, not having to give a damn because they've already secured their spot in the playoffs. If you're, you know, a team like eight, nine, 10, maybe even 11, you're not going to play hard because you want a lottery pick. But this year we got the play-in tournament and I love it. I do. I do. I, I'm, did you see Steph's performance in the game Sunday as excited as he was in that win? That was just to secure an eighth seed in the, in the, in the playing tournament. I love it. I don't give a damn what LeBron or Lucas says straight up. I mean, I'd like to think that that's what it was, but also Steph might've known that I was running for the championship in my fantasy basketball league and I needed them to have a big day. He did. I shot him a text message. I thanked him. Um, you know, so I'd like to think it was that, but yeah, you know, excited for the playing game too. That's great. But in all serious, I'm, you know, same, I get a lot of these players aren't really feeling it. I can understand why I think in any league, like look at the NFL adjusting the 17 games, anytime there's any kind of like change in the structure of games and playoffs and stuff like that, somebody always has something to say. And LeBron's what 37 pushing on 38, somewhere in that ballpark. No, I think he's a couple years younger than that 36 pushing on 37. Here's the thing. Sure LeBron want to get mad at anybody because he said that the person who came up with this in the NBA, literally his exact quote, the person who came up with that shit needs to be fired. LeBron want to get mad at anybody. Get mad at Kyle Kuzma. Get mad at Andre Drummond. Get mad at Taylor Horton Tucker. The people on your bench that didn't play well when you and AD were injured, and that's why your ass is playing in the playing game. If you want to get upset at somebody, get upset with the people who were playing when you were injured. If they would have won 20% more games, you wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah, here we are. No lies were detected. But I mean, like, they had a lot of, look, him and AD missed such a big chunk of the season. What are you going to do? First off, Anthony Davis, generational talent. The skill set he has, amazing, right? But you go back to his New Orleans days, he often dealt with injuries that would keep him mm-hmm. sidelined for five to seven games at a time. And then as you sit there, especially now, uh, with him being in L.A. and pretty much, what, 80% of his games are national and televised, like, I don't think I've seen a player hit the ground as much as I have in Anthony Davis. And, dude, when you're like 6'11", 270, all those, all, every time you hit the ground, it's going to cause something. So it's always like soft tissue stuff with him typically his shoulders or his ankles. But I feel like every time I'm watching him play, even if he's 
running down the court, just trailing somebody after defense going into the fast break and he falls. I don't think I've seen a player fall as much as he does. And I feel like, dude, just stay up. Get just stay up. Stuff. Stay, stay up, off stay the up. floor, Anthony. <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm going to throw out a name, but it's a completely different class, Salen Iverson. I feel like he was on the floor every 0.8 seconds, but it's also different when you're six foot above 65 throwing your body in the lane. You're right, though. I mean, that that's the criticism. It's not the first time I've heard that about him. Um, he's not the only other player that's received that criticism. Like, look, exactly to your point. You're that big. You got to keep your body off the floor. Otherwise, something's going to happen. And these guys miss a lot of games. But I don't know what else people expected. We knew the Lakers, especially if LeBron or Anthony Davis got hurt, that they were a very middle-of-the-pack team. They're in the situation they're in. And frankly, like, I don't feel 100% confident that they're going to come out of this game okay. I think at full health, they have a much better roster. But, you know, we see what Golden State does in some of these big moments. And all it takes is for Curry to get hot and one other player to have a decent game. And all of a sudden, they're in it. That's the part that's going to make this amazing. But the only part that, you know, I guess it wouldn't have mattered because they wouldn't have been in the playoffs regularly. But not having one of those two teams in the playoffs feels like a huge miss for the NBA. But nothing they could have really controlled. If if everything would have ended as we see it now, with no play in tournament, Mm-hmm. Lakers will be playing Phoenix. Warriors mm-hmm. will be playing Utah. That's exactly how this would have sh- shaken out. Um, but we get to see John Morant, right, in a one-and-done type scenario. They should beat the Spurs, especially if Jaron Jackson is 100%. Um, mm-hmm. So we get to see that, right? Like, we kind of grow the pie a little bit. We get to see Lakers and Warriors because we would not have seen that matchup. I mean, best-case scenario, Lakers would have been number one in the, the West. Maybe we would have seen it then. Uh, but the Warriors weren't, especially when they lost Clay in the offseason, the Warriors weren't going to be a contender. We knew that. So they're kind of slotted where we expected them to be. I think seeing this matchup in a one-and-done scenario, that's all everyone's going to be talking about. And Steph right now is the best player in basketball. He should be the MVP of this season. Steph has single-handedly brought the Warriors to this point and injected that you've got to see him every game mentality that the nba has been lacking you know there was some fatigue i I was going to say there's been some fatigue there's a short off season you know you can mentally check out but it's hard to check out when you open up your your espn app or your bleach report and steph is going off i completely agree i mean like i said he's been on my fantasy team this year so i've had extra incentive you know how the hell did you get him on your fantasy team though like i mean that got to be number one overall pick to get steph right um so it's it's all budgeted so you get a certain amount of money and then it's funny enough like this remember this was a huge deal on espn a couple of years ago auction drafts they've been around for a very long time um that's how we do our league you get a certain amount of money and then you get a bid on the player that you want and the whole premise behind it why people do auction drafts is because that way you have no complaints you have a shot at every player that you really want so if you have five key guys that you're really targeting you have a chance at all five as long as the money works out as long as somebody stays within the bidding frame of what the player's value is but just like any other draft whether it's fancy football that's a snake draft whether it's auction etc somebody's going to be an idiot and somebody's going to kind of mess up your plan Fortunately for our team, we ended up getting Harden and Curry. Those were kind of the two top guys we wanted to get and ended up working out really well for us, even though Harden missed the last couple of weeks. But that's how you do it. I know good and damn well you were going to work the nets into this shit somehow. I knew you were. Did you see that play last night? I knew you were. And there's a reason why when I sent you the rundown, 
for this show, there was no mention of the Nets in it. Zero. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. This is the only thing I don't get back to the playing game, though. I don't get the 7 and 8, 9 and 10. Why isn't it 7, 10, 8, 9? I agree. I agree. They should bracket that accordingly. Um, but, but, but the reason why is for those lower seeds of 9 and 10 to make it through, they've got to win two games. So whoever wins the 7-8 automatically pegs in at 7, right? And then mm-hmm. the loser plays the winner of 9-10. So that's basically making it harder for that 9-10 person team to get in. Uh, basically 7-8, and because technically 7-8, and eight, you're already in the playoffs. So it's protecting whoever loses that 7-8 and eight seed. That's why. Gotcha. I don't agree with it. I think it should be 7-10, 8-9. I'm going to say, keep it like any other tournament. Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Since we're going to do that, since we're talking about this playing game, Hornets are 10 <laughs> in the East, and I think we can slide in at eight. Here's the reasoning, right? They're playing Indiana in their playing game. Indiana's not good this year. Miles Turner's injured. Their coach is about to get fired. Hornets win that game. Celtics aren't that good. Don't have Jalen Brown. Really don't respect their skill set. Tatum's great. We know that. But mm-hmm. this ain't their year. Wizards at eight beat the Celtics at seven. Celtics lose, play the Hornets in the second round of the play-in. Hornets knock out the Celtics. We come in and lose to the Nets. I mean, that all sounds about right. Again, I, we're on the same page today. I don't think there's any argument there. Um, two things that I thought about when I was at, did you see Lamelo's uh, little Puma tease for his signature sneaker today? No, no, I had no clue. Like, no real context to what the shoe looks like, but it kind of has like a, like a, nasa astronaut kind of vibe to it like they're like coming off of another planet kind of excited for that lamel's been fun to watch this year like man he's literally everything his brothers were hyped up to be and were he's fun to watch he's charismatic he makes all the great plays unbelievable passer relentless score like i know lonzo still puts up some pretty significant others but watching lamello versus him is just night and day and and so when you say the you say the brothers they're like Leangelo, the middle one, was never going to be the one. I mean, he never was. But, at, you know, at one point, we were talking about all three brothers in the conversation. No, was we weren't talking NBA? about all three brothers. LaVar was talking about all three sons. Don't get it twisted. And guess what? He got everybody else talking about it, too. There was don't a get it twisted. Twitter. Dude, don't be a hipster. <laughs> don't be this grumpy old man who's afraid to say that they were talking about something regardless of the relevancy of how cool it was. They like, were talking every, about it because everybody, everybody was, put him on, put him on TV. Yeah. Everyone okay, put them on TV, we right? All were. So, so don't say we weren't. You were. Everybody was. We were tweeting about it. We were talking about it. We were all talking about it. And at one point, the conversation was, these three brothers are all going to be in the NBA at the same time. We knew Lonzo was going to be a top pick. We knew LaMelo was something special. We knew LiAngelo probably was going to be that good. But you know, in hindsight, LaMelo clearly was the standout completely against them. And that's all I'm trying to say. It's been fun watching him play. I'm excited to see what happens with the shoe. Other part I was going to say is, I don't really know what's going on with the Pacers. I've been hearing there's a lot of rumblings from the locker room. Used to be an indie sports reporter. What, what's going on there? So it boils down to this, right? Like they got rid of Nate McMillan in the offseason saying he couldn't get it done. He took an assistant job in Atlanta. Atlanta was a, a bad team, basically. Lloyd, Lloyd, I forget their last name, but their, their first coach got fired. Nate became an interim. Now they're top five in the East, right? So the Hawks ascended. Well, the Pacers have a rookie head coach. Nate Borkren, I believe is his name, if I'm saying it right. And it's just been downhill, right? He's an inability to connect with the players. He had the Oladipo issue earlier, right? Where he was like, I want to be here, but literally pulled the same thing Paul George did. 
saying he wanted to be there when he was trying to get out. Um, and so you start the season with that. You lose the locker room. There's no communication. Uh, and then that's kind of how they fell apart, right? They have good young pieces, but no iconic piece. Um, no piece where you're looking and listening and saying, this team, you build around this guy. Demontis Sabonis, two-time All-Star, but they haven't mm-hmm. put pieces around him to really do anything with it. You And I saw recently, like, another assistant coach got to a yelling match with the player. The player was fined 50K. The coach was suspended a game. So it's a lot of internal locker room stuff that's just boiling over. And that's why you get the sense that Indiana won't do anything in the playoffs. This It's a foregone conclusion they're going to lose this Charlotte game. And I support that as a Hornets fan. I do, I do too. I mean, just in terms of what's going to be best for these games, especially the East, I think, you know, there's some big injuries you had alluded to with the Celtics they're going through. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as competitive. I, the one thing that I've been loving that I've been hearing so far is a lot of people think Miami's going to take Milwaukee out. And Man, uh, you know, you, the disrespect you've had to Milwaukee. I, I'm just, can, I, can, I, can I double down? Because that's where it's about this to go. This entire with. season. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. Milwaukee's not that nice. Giannis is cool. They have a couple of good individual players, but I've yet to watch them in a game where I'm like, this is an amazing team. This is a team that would scare me in the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to definitely give people a run for their money because of some of the guys they have on the floor. But cohesively, they're just not that team. I don't feel that way about them. I haven't I haven't for the past three seasons, and, and they've yet to prove me wrong. So I'm going to keep going with my gut, same way I feel about Phoenix. And so they prove me wrong. This is I'm going to go. Been a little bit more right than wrong. So I'm going to follow the you gut. Know, you know, I was going to um, – I was going to give you some props because I think Phoenix, you know, you said they're going to lose first round. And you actually said that back when they were like four or five in the West. Now they're up to number two and looking at how it will most likely shake out, right? They're going to place the Warriors or the Lakers. I think, I think honestly, the Warriors can beat them in a best of seven, especially with staffs going off. Uh, I didn't say that earlier, but just the way the Warriors looked on Sunday, I think they can. I, I think the I Lakers can as well. Who they got. I didn't care who they got. I just that being said, I think you need to put some respect on their name. You acted like this season they were the shittiest. No, it's team not. In the a, West. It's not about that. But we've all realized this about the NBA. The regular season don't mean shit. It's just the reality of it. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what you do. You can have a great record. You can play this game. Whatever. Phoenix does not have anything that makes me concerned in the playoffs. Devin Booker is going to get his. CP3 is going to play great basketball. I don't really know what's going on with DeAndre Ayton. He hasn't been playing the last couple of games. I don't know if that was precautionary or if he's got something going on, but there's not one team in the West. Like every time we've had this conversation, when I think about Denver, when I think about Utah, when I think about both LA's, when I think about Golden State, when I think about the core of the teams in the playoff run aside from them, maybe outside of Portland, I don't really see anybody that they could beat in a playoff series. They haven't been tested like that. That's the biggest thing in the NBA, like going back even to like the last dance. You saw every team went through it at one point where they had this challenge of one team or another for a year or two. You don't just go into a deep run in the NBA playoffs. Maybe if you're Boston and you just brought over Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen at the height of their career, that's a different story. These guys just don't have it. And CP3, like, I like CP3. I think he can be a little bit of an asshole. I think sometimes he's a little bit off-putting the way he carries himself on the floor. But I think as a point guard, especially when you're undersized like that, that's probably got to be part of your personality to be successful. It's another reason I love Rondo. But he hasn't done anything to make me believe in him in the playoffs. That's just a reality. I have a lot of respect for Chris Paul. I think he's probably one of the top 
15, 20 greatest point guards of all time. But I don't really fear him in the playoffs. You know, that's that's a lot of disrespect right there. Uh, I'm not shocked. <laughs> you, disrespect. You've been hating a lot lately? It's nothing but truth. All right. I'm not shocked. You've been hating a lot lately? Uh, we can, if you want to call predicting the future disrespect, we can do that. You know, it's, it's interesting you bring up Rondo's name. Did you watch the Hall of Fame speech the other day? Uh, yeah. Obviously, everyone, KG, Tim Duncan, Tamika Catchings. Yeah. Late great, number eight, Kobe Bryant, 24 going in. KG, he said he wanted to be the first up there. And so he was the first player kind of to give his speech. He did not thank Rondo. He did not thank Ray Allen. He did not thank Stephon Marbury. And we talked about Marbury uh, a couple episodes back and kind of mm-hmm. how that, that, that rift between KG and Steph came about. But he thanked Brooke Lopez from like the two and a half weeks. It was a full season, but two and a half weeks of his, like, it felt like he was in Brooklyn. So you're going to thank Brooke Lopez. Your Hall of Fame speecher, Kevin Garnett, shouts out Brooke Lopez. Doesn't shout out two people who helped him get a ring and one person who helped him really cement his status as one of the best in the NBA. I'm not mad at it because I love it when players are petty, right? Like, you don't have to like your coworkers. You can hate them but you can still come together and win championships. But I just find it interesting, you know? That's just KG to the core, though. I mean, I knew he would shout out Ronnie Fields before he would shout out any of those guys you just mentioned. He did. And it's just loyalty to him. That's all it was. Like, when Ray left, he fell away. A hundred percent. Him and Rondo had some moments. I mean, that's, that's just how KG is. He's always been a very loyalty guy. Like, either you ride heavy with him or he doesn't really mess with you at all. And, you know, I, I'm kind of curious. I wish they would do a little bit of a follow-up on KG and Stephon Marbury. Like, if they ever reconnected, any conversations they've ever had. I don't know if anybody's really talked about that. But somebody needs to reconnect those two. Like, I respect KG for kind of having that mentality of, you know, either you're with me or you're not. And if you're not, I'm done with you. But I also think evolving as a man, especially coming out of your career and you're kind of just in life, like I think you got to get past some of that and get some closure. And I would love to see him and Mom Barry get back together because those two, like I said, when we talked about that episode, they were just straight entertainment no matter what they did. Wasn't yeah, about I mean, I, I hear you. I hear you. I do. And like the fan of sports in me wants the whole nice bow, happy ending, sit down from one another. We saw Kobe and Shaq do it. Uh, on NBA TV. Yeah, we've seen so many of it. But the petty part of me says, (laughs) no. The petty part of me says, cuss his ass out, talk bad about him, tell us how you really feel, and go about your life. So, you know, talking about all of KG's pettiness, I I just got to know, like, what's the one moment that stands out to you where you're like, he took it way too far? You're talking about the uh, Hall of Fame or just in general, like his career? In general, his career. I think the Ray Allen beat. Because, like, really? a spade is a spade. Like, you can get upset about it, but, like, you left Minnesota. You left uh, – I, I mean, you got traded and left to go to the Nets. I mean, he really only left Minnesota, though, after, what, like, a dozen, 15 years of doing everything he possibly could to win them a title, and they failed. Like, I mean, to me, I think – Yeah, but, but, but Ray wanted to win another that, title. Like, I mean, look, Ray was chasing rings at that point in his career. There's if if you know what you know what he's on, Ray had you, don't chase, played, you don't chase a ring with the enemy with the team that you're just battling with the most. The same way didn't Kevin Durant do that? About Katie, Did, didn't your boy KD do that? 
you know, my your boy, boy, first of all, your boy. And a lot of people felt a way about it, and it was justified. If somebody would have talked shit on him for that, I never would have been like, "You're bugging." Like, no, it was deserved. You don't, you don't do that, man. You don't, as an athlete, you don't do that. The difference I is this: KD, K, no. KD was an no. alpha. He was an alpha going to join another alpha in Golden State. He couldn't win it on his own. Ray was sitting there looking around like, "Y'all fools getting old." Paul Pierce, we seen you cramping up. KG, the kid, looking like the old man. LeBron, D Wade, Bosh out here getting buckets. They just need somebody who could shoot. Ship me up to Miami. Ray yeah, Allen wasn't I'm trying not, to be no superstar on that team. He was playing a role. There's a difference. There's a difference, and I'm not arguing the logic behind it. I'm not saying Ray Allen's wrong for what he did. I probably would have did the same thing, too, given the situation. All I'm saying is, as an athlete, I think when you look around and you see people take an easy shortcut to try and go get a ring, and not even the easy shortcut part, I don't think that bothers people, but I think when you're in war, like, you literally, like, going at it against this team for a year or two in a row and that's the deciding factor whether you're going to make it to a championship game or not and then you bounce to go join them yeah that's weak like think back when you were playing basketball as a high schooler if you would have been playing AU and you're running up against a team in North Carolina the last two years and they kept knocking you out you left like the guys that you've been in the battlefield with for the I last put my guys in to go get an easy championship we'd be down at halftime I quit and put the other jersey on I mean uh, y'all bums is trash I'm going to go over here, quit playing for the Greensboro Gators, play for the NC Fire. Here you go. I'm this out. sounds like Above the Rim at this point, so we're just talking movies. Okay. Above the Rim is a great movie. You know, I don't watch a lot of movies, but Above the Rim, he got game. White boy, white man can't jump. Like Those are like iconic basketball movies that I mm-hmm. have seen. Uh, and I will watch repeat like over and over again. Back to the Hall of Fame, though. Uh, shout yeah. out to Mickey Catchings. Great person, right? Like, had the opportunity to know her away from basketball. Like, hell of a competitor on the court. Good people. Like, genuinely good people. So happy to see her get the respect that, like, basketball people knew and gave her. But now Mm -hmm. the world is giving her. I think that's amazing. Vanessa Bryant, your thoughts on the speech. I was moved by it because I, I put myself in the position of, if that would have been me, how would it have gone? And I think people... In that instance, she would have tried to talk like Kobe. She didn't. She said, look, I can't, you know, obviously she can't be her late husband. So she sat there and thought about what she wanted to say. And I thought I thought that was very well done. I did too. She did a great job. I mean, just even being able to stay composed under those circumstances, I was incredibly impressed. And, you know, obviously she's been dealing with this every day for the past almost year and a half now at this point. But I just can't imagine going up and having to speak on, you know, your, your late husband's legacy like that when he was taken from the world so soon. It's, there's no way to, to really win there. But to your point, like her perspective of not trying to speak in his words, and we see people do this all the time, whether it's athletes, whether it's like late musicians and people try and put out albums for them after they passed away, it never goes over well. So for her to have the emotional IQ to be like, you know what, I'm not here to speak for Kobe, but as a big part of his life, I can definitely speak to what happened. I thought she did an incredible job. And honestly, I expected a lot more emotion out of the situation. You know, kind of glad it wasn't that we were able to kind of digest it and really have a, a more meaningful moment than just being sad. But surprisingly, the one moment out of all the speeches that really got to me, and I still can't put a finger on it, but it was Duncan. When he was talking about pop and he was talking about being drafted, he's like, you know, he came down, visited my whole family, you know, like 
And he's like, nobody does that. That was the part that really got to me. And it's like, you know, more of that, more of not just coaches in the NBA, but bosses in general, people in your life that, you know, really invest in you and check in on you and do these things to make you feel like you're more than just this like name on paper and a budget line on a sheet or something like that. And I think that's why obviously Pops has always been one of the best coaches in the NBA. But yeah, that was the part that really got to me. Like hearing Duncan talk like that, how much it meant to him and their relationship. Like I thought that was really dope. That was just at the core who Greg Popovich is. And so I, I think that goes to show why that Spurs family is so tight. Mm -hmm. uh you know whether it's former players former coaches they all have like a reverence for one another they're all very close and that isn't built just because they won a championship together that's built because there was genuine love and compassion for one another and they were just actually connected in something deeper than you know a pin down at the nail to set up bruce bowen or Tony Parker, a man who Ginobili for a corner shot, right? Like mm -hmm. it went deeper than basketball. And I, I I love that aspect. And that's what I do love about the Hall of Fame. I don't really like, I don't watch baseball stuff. The Pro Football Hall of Fame can drag on. And half the time there are players that I don't really remember. You tell me somebody's going to the Pro Football that played like the 60s, I'm not looking at it. I'm sorry. I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But basketball, the basketball ones do hit me differently because you see, the emotion of the game the way these people played it and the connection they have with not just their teammates not with the people they're thinking but when they choose who will induct them into the hall of fame who will welcome them in and that shows the connection past present future almost if you will getting tight on time we're still trying to keep these things short uh, a couple of things we'll run down have you got on twitter today and seen the name tony snell is trending I have not. I know who Tony Snell is, and I'm afraid to ask what happened. First off, I didn't know Tony Snell was in the NBA. Last time I saw him play was like four years ago in Milwaukee. Zero concept brother was still playing, but he Where's plays he for the Atlanta? Hawks. Yeah, he yeah, plays in Atlanta, Atlanta. right? Okay. So CBS Sports tweeted out, he, first time in NBA history, Tony Snell has shot 50% from the field, 50% from three, a hundred percent from field goals in the 2020 2021 season. So then I look it up like, okay, well, what, what, the, what did Tony Snell do? Did he have an iconic year? No, not at all. He shot <laughs> he 11, like five? Free, 11 free throws this season. <laughs> we are going, right. I mean, like the, the, the stats people will put out just to put a stat out. I saw it and I was just like, once again, Tony Snell still in the NBA. Who knew? Second off, really, we're doing this on 11 free throws, <laughs> averaging 5.3 points per game. But, 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 okay, we should put his jersey in Canton this season. I can't. I'm sorry, Springfield this season because he had a 50-50 100. Tony Snell, get your Hall of Fame speech ready. Figure out who will induct you because you've done something no one has ever done. You know why they didn't do it? Because they were shooting more shots. They were getting to the free throw line more than 11 times. Come on now. That was annoying. Can Second I hit you off, with... I was on a roll, bro. You know what I you go, you know go, how go, I keep go. going. You know how I keep go. going. Second off, and I know you're gonna come back to Tony Snell, and I know you I'm gonna beat you to it. Once again, we run out of time. Teddy Bridgewater was right. 
Teddy Bridgewater threw my Panthers under the bus, said they didn't practice two-minute drill, they didn't practice red zone, and it showed because he kept throwing picks in the red zone. He went, his skill set had fallen off this year. A lot of the picks was on him, but I've been telling you for three weeks now, what do the Panthers need to do, Brandon? Actually get a coach that knows what he's doing. Fire Matt Rule. You know it. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm coming down now. You go ahead. I just. Oof. No, you're good, man. I mean, in high school football, you even spend almost a full practice just on special teams and two minute drills. I can't believe in the NFL you don't do that. But going back to the Tony Snell, Tony Snell stat, all I was going to say is shout out my boy Kyrie Irving on a 40, 50, 90 season. Very tough to do in the NBA. 40, 50, 90 club. We here. We get in a ring this year. Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. Once again, I could go at Kyrie considering the fact he doesn't play that often. Actually, some dude, so Harden, <laughs> Harden tweeted out a picture of him, Kyrie, and KD before they took the court, like, on Friday night. And some guy on Twitter responded, run DNP. And that I know was, you said that to me. I, I was dying laughing the whole time. So, like, yeah, Kyrie got the, what, what 40, 40, and 90, great season. 40, he 50, played, 90. He played half of it. He took two weeks off just because. You're right. That's your boy. All right, next episode, we're going to talk about the other things that Kyrie Irving's been doing off the court. I'll, I'll, I'll put that into the rundown. And you know what? I will commend him on all those things. But he don't show up to work, bro. They don't work. That's why I don't think the Nets go with a title this year. You, <laughs> you, you, you already said how teams have to play together in they tight do. situations and win. And you now taking it all back because of Brooklyn? No. Come on now. I mean, Come the on. only reason under normal circumstances I would really feel like this team doesn't have a good shot, but the East is just kind of sloppy this year. I really don't think Philly's as good as everybody's giving credit for. You know how I feel about Milwaukee. After you get past that, I don't really know who's beating them if those three are on the same court. At, you it know, comes regardless. down to health, right? It comes down to health. Yeah, it really does. If, if, if those Philly's healthy, playing, they win. Yeah. If Brooklyn's yeah. healthy, they win. If the Bucks are healthy and hitting their shots, they win. Uh, Kwame Brown. Ooh, did you see Kwame Brown? Uh-uh. What happened? He went on IG Live and went in on Gilbert Arenas and Matt Barnes. So Matt Barnes has a podcast with Steven Jackson All called the All the Smoke. Great podcast, by the way. Yeah. And uh, I guess Gilbert was on there and they was coming at Kwame somehow. And Kwame hopped on IG Live, called Matt Barnes, Becky with the good hair, uh, started going at Gilbert, saying Gilbert is uh, a double agent, if you will. You know, his special agent, Agent Zero was his number or his mm -hmm. nickname. Saying he's a double agent. Y'all listen to Kwame and you'll get why I say a double agent. Uh, yeah, Kwame Brown. Once again, I had no clue what the hell Kwame Brown was. And I then mean, he popped up on IG Live. I mean, look, I don't, I don't really know what Kwame's got going on. Uh, you know, Kwame had his own issues that he, I don't think he really needs to be the you know arbiter of who's a good person who's not but i'm not gonna lie the few interactions i've had with the two guys that he just mentioned yeah they're both kind of assholes see i take it back steven jackson i with me steven jackson's the best no i'm talking about matt barnes and i'm talking about gilbert arenas oh, gilbert okay. did a show on complex when i was there uh matt barnes i met him very briefly through somebody else i know I mean, they're just herbs, man. I'm sorry. Like, just because you're rich and whatnot, like, you don't have to act like a douche all the time, and they're kind of douchey people. Shout out, Sack 5. Once again, had an opportunity to spend the afternoon chopping up with Steven Jackson. He aye with me. Uh, we get, this is it. We started the show with this. We're going to end it. 
Why the hell are you hating on J. Cole, bro? Like I'm not hating on J. Cole. Here I you told go. you you've been hating a lot in 2021. You need to get that shit off your chest, bro. It's, it's pulling you down. I just I don't share the same opinions as everybody else. It's not hate. I think J. Cole's amazing. I think he's probably one of the more consistent rappers we've had in the past decade without having to use a bunch of marketing ploys or drama outside of hip hop to like really get his name where it is. But I mean, I just feel like when I hear J. Cole songs, sometimes I'm like, I already heard him do this like five other times. That's my only That's thing fair. with J. Cole. That's fair. I That's my that. only thing with him. I think he's a great rapper. Lyrically, phenomenal, man. Like sometimes he'll hit you with some bars that you never see coming. He's one of the few, him and Kendrick are probably the only two rappers that can really do it like that. But yeah, like I said, I just, you know, I haven't heard the new album yet. For the record, I got the second Moderna shot this weekend, kind of kicked my butt, so I wasn't really listening to music. But I know when I go into it, or even just the few snippets I've seen on IG, I'm like, this is dope, but I feel like I've already kind of heard this. That's but with that fair. being said, Your I think Dreamville, Dreamville's the best label out there right now. Jid, Earth Gang, all the people they have, Dreamville's fire. So what he's doing with that label and the opportunity he's given everybody else, he's done an incredible job. You know why I ride with J. Cole, and you know why I ride with Dreamville. It's off jump. They rep yeah. North Carolina. That's why I ride with them. They can do no wrong, in my opinion, just because of that. They hold the Dreamville Festival in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'd love to check it out. That, that's definitely by far the best label, like top to bottom. When they did that little 30-minute, um, you know, kind of BTS video around the album they did a few years ago, that, that was fire. I didn't think that got enough love either. I just maintain this. When we go into our next episode, uh, let you know this. Don't I'm not gonna do Clayton Bigsby. You got hate in your heart. Let it out. No, no. Get get over this, bro. Get over this hate. <laughs> I'm good, man. I just I I don't think just because you're number one seed sees all season means you're the best team in the league. And just because you just said out, that about the Nets, they haven't been number one all season. I don't. Yeah, they are the best. best. Dude, top to bottom, that roster, you can't complain with it. They they're loaded. Now, if you want to hate on it because of how they got there, some of the players who they are, fine. I have no argument with that. I could care less. I'm not trying to date these gentlemen. I'm just watching them play basketball, and they got the best roster. That's all there is to it. Yo, coming up next week, we're going to see if Brandon get out of this damn soapbox with the Nets and let the hate out of talk. Thank y'all for listening. (laughs) As always, we'll see y'all again next time. (laughs) Peace.